0: Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew Podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I have a longtime friend that I'm interviewing. Her name is Jane Reed and she has been in the furniture industry. I started when I was 18 and I think Jane met me within that first year or so. Yes. (laughs)
1: So So it's been, I think, 23 years, something like that. Oh
0: my goodness. You were
1: my youngest customer.
0: (laughs) I remember going to my first market in a jean jumper. I had no idea what I was getting into. So I don't remember if I met you at the first market or if we met after that. I think it might've been after that, after the showroom was just, I mean, we were were in a place where we were in a old warehouse tucked behind other storage units, not your traditional retail design showroom. (laughs) Can't even imagine today looking back what the thought might have been.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it was a a hidden treasure. Yes. Your store was a hidden treasure. We learned how to and use people marketing. People had to search to find it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Most stores that are really successful is that the energy of the people when mm-hmm. you walk in and you know everyone's getting along. Yeah. And you know you can see that everybody's put their heart and soul into the um, the operation that is what I see as the positive part of it, you know, it's and the true. success. It's worth my time to invest in that because I can see where those people, meaning you and your crew yeah. had invested so, yeah. you know, so much time and energy and uh, having Lee live up, up above <laughs> right? you know, the offices, you know, th- those kind of
0: things. We were so know? committed. And, yeah. Like what does yes. it take to make this work? And exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I came from a very stodgy industry in sales, which I liked, but this was much more creative and I was working with the owners and that's what I really, really liked.
0: So when did you make the transition into uh, sales as a sales rep for multiple companies in the furniture industry and sort of what was that journey like?
1: I think to start out with it, it starts with your childhood, your mm. comfort level on being the new person every day and actually going out into a new environment every day and soliciting, you know, like, you can't live without me. You can't live without the product that I have to show you. And I'm gonna back it up with service. And that happened because my father is a firstborn child who was getting promoted multiple times. So we moved a lot. Mm. So, you know, if you hear about the Air Force and Army people who get moved around, you are as a young child uprooted and and I because I'm the oldest child of an oldest child I took it all in and realized that I could be the like you showed up with a jumper yeah. at your you know market I was that girl all, multiple times yeah so you end up getting a lot of empathy uh for new people you read a room a little bit better because you have to mm. if you want to figure out how to merge in um so I had the At the time, it was very difficult, but it was an amazing learning experience on my sales journey because I am not what you call really out there kind of person, meaning really, really gregarious and the light of the room. Right, right. I am not one of those people, but I realized that um, I had the confidence to realize that eventually you're going to like me. You may not want me now, and I could hear no, no, no multiple times, but eventually it'll work because I will earn your respect and the ability to do to do that. So I have a, a weird little interesting story. In 2000, my first husband passed away and he was a builder. So I always, I was already kind of in this industry. I went to college to be in fashion merchandising with textile, I had a double major, textiles and fashion merchandising with a minor in business. Mm. So how did I end up in home decor? Um, so it was more fashion, but it was fashion in the home area rather than in the clothing area. Right. So I was working for a company called Burlington industries was textiles and I was selling to target and Walmart and Shopco. I was the queen of discount. So at that time they weren't that big and they just put me in the spot to call on them, put me on airplanes and flew me all around and they taught me sales. You know, I was, I many times be the only woman in the waiting room at Walmart in the corporate headquarters. And what happened is when my, the same year my husband died, I also lost this job that I had had for like 15 years because they went chapter 11 because the um, Chinese people and the Indian uh, from India all started merging into the U.S. and saying, we can give you a better
0: price. Yeah, 2000 was when we started the furniture store. And so I didn't realize that that was when your husband died and that that was when all this happened. Because yep. we must have met pretty close to two thousand two, then because I had just had Aiden. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I realized I wanted to get off that boat.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that I I was when you when you are the sales rep for a large corporations like that like this, you have all these people that need you to sell, so they keep their jobs sewing the product that they were making, and I was selling mm-hmm. bedding and draperies to these companies. The two biggest parts of the year were Fourth of July week. And Christmas week. So for years, um, we were setting up for the next season, and it was very stressful. And I realized I wanted to change the course of my life. I had a life insurance policy to live off of. And I also had a good girlfriend that said, I had a couple of them say, why don't you become an independent rep? Hmm. So they got me in front of someone, and I started to work for her as a sub-rep for multiple lines. And the reason for that was I was never going to lose a job because of somebody else's inadequacies, not Mm -hmm. my own. And that was the fact that they went chapter 11 and I had no control over my destiny.
0: I love this story, Jane, because there's an idea that if we get a job, that's safe. Like if we go and, you know, have, have this job, that that's a safe, And I don't know that everybody believes that anymore because they've seen what happened to their parents or they've seen what happened in in the different, you know, downturns. Is it safer than having a business? Like is having a business risky? Yes. Is having a job risky?
1: Yes. Yes. So (laughs) I, I had that happy experience of having a father who worked the corporate, you know, ladder and he was in the uh, grocery store industry and worked his way up and he said you got to get a good job and stay there. Mm. And then I had a husband who was uh, an independent contractor. He was a paint contractor and then he started building houses. So he said you'll never be able to earn as much money as when you do it yourself. Mm. You know. So I had two people, two mm. men I respected, you know, giving me direction on that. And then I also saw how my father as he was earning more money and they were companies were buying out the company he was uh, working for. They made his life miserable um, towards the end of his retirement. So I learned from the good and the bad of what happened with my, my father and my first husband. So, and I realized that, you know, I, I'm the only one that can create my own destiny and I don't want that to happen to me. So here I am 68 going on 69 years old still ecstatically happy about the industry that I'm in because I chose to take those risks. And that's what it is, is you have to be fearless to step away from where you're at and um, try something else, especially in this environment you can work as long as you want to because there there aren't enough people to fill the jobs. You know right.
0: that's interesting, Jane. Because what do you think about what's happening right now? And we're recording this in January, so by the time this comes out, it could be a couple months from now. But many people are losing their job. They're worried about a recession. There's fear selling in the media, and it's happening to some people in real life. But we've been through a couple of recessions now. We've been through some fear cycles. What is it that you? see and hear or think about when you see what's coming and what people are in the middle of?
1: Um, I This is an opportunity to make a mm-hmm. change.
0: That's what um, I say. It's a time to pivot.
1: Yeah. It pivot. That That yeah. is the key word that in my life is uh, fearlessly pivot and realize that change is consistent. Change is yes! always going to be happening. So unless you embrace change and yes. not fear it, and open that door to see what's behind the next opportunity. You have It all has to do with your attitude. So if you have an attitude and you look back over the course of... I look back over the course of my life and realize that God is always faithful. Through all the things that have happened in my life, I've become a deeper walk in faith. Yeah. And I realize that... Um, Time is the most precious commodity that God gives us and to use it at our, our you know, the best we can. I have to look back at all the little hurdles and things that have happened to me in my life and go, and I got through that and then I got through that yeah. and, 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 and realize that I have to trust in the direction that he's giving me. And I share these kind of conversations with my um, customers and my peers so they know exactly where I come from. And one of them is if, if the hairs on the back of your neck go up on mm-hmm. a situation or a customer you're working with or whatever, that's a physical sign to say, step back and reevaluate the yep. situation that you're in right now. And then you may have to pivot in a totally different direction and you have to be fearless. You know, when I talk to people who get stuck, it's because of fear. And to, to me, fear is the devil working on you like yep. trying to take you down a different alley. So, um fearless We're preaching
0: what we totally believe here in Believe Crew because I didn't know all these things. Like I didn't think about it from this perspective until I had a coach that was pointing it out and he was like it says in the Bible, perfect love casts out fear. Like the opposite of fear is love. And even in business this applies. And I was like, "Really?" You know, like I just hadn't thought about it from a business perspective. Like we think about it maybe in I thought about it maybe in my personal life a lot and really when we get comfortable in any season. I mean, we started Furniture Studio in 2000, which is when there was this huge industry shift. You know, people were saying to me like, "Where are you? What family are you from?" because in the furniture world, like if you started in furniture, you came from somewhere in furniture, <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. To
0: be new, they were like, "Who are you?" Yeah. And but it was at that time where there were huge changes happening because the American made was not quite as popular and people wanted that lower pricing. And so when what I found out is that when we're starting something new, when there's a huge shift happening, we don't understand what the other people are still holding on to. Because we're we're like, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Which is good which is good. Right.
0: Right. But then when you're going through that transition after you've been an established business, not quite as easy to pivot sometimes, unless we're accepting change and accepting that this is a moment, this is a growth opportunity. Let's step into this instead of, you know, what is it that we're afraid of and holding on to fear actually can look like holding on to what I already have, what I already know. And that's been my experience anyway.
1: And I and also the other biggest thing that I've learned is that you have to realize and I realize this, God blesses you with money and it flows through mm. you. It's not Lovely. yours. I am now happily married for the um second time and um for me I could I could do this job twenty-four seven. I really just love the interaction with the people and the the product. I, I really enjoy what I do. So to be able to pull away and step back, I needed to invest and hire someone to help me do the, right. you know, the technology part of it, the spreadsheets part of it, the numbers. I want to know the numbers, but I don't want to take the time to do the spreadsheet to figure out right. the numbers. And to have somebody who could do it in two seconds where it would take me two hours to set up the Excel spreadsheet. So to be able to realize that I need to invest in someone else and bring them in. And I was able to bring somebody in like 17 years ago. Wow. And she is so good at what she does. She doesn't want anyone to see who she is. She wants to totally be behind the scenes. She does most of her work at, at her home. And then she comes to my home once a week and we like hammer out things that I need her for. We have a friendship and a relationship. She's like a sister. She's like a dear friend. It's a
0: partnership. Yeah, it's yeah. just
1: unbelievably amazing. But I look at my friends who sometimes are just spinning because yeah. they are not willing to invest in that backup support system um, to, to help them out. And it has um, helped my marriage. It's helped my life. It's helped yeah. me pull away. And, and I also married a man who likes to have fun. He is not all about his job. And I, you know, if I want to have the a balance in life, that's what I needed to do, is to share the success that I have. And I could never be this successful without her. So it is yeah. the flow of money and realizing that you invest forward. God has always said, you can never be, I, I, he can never be outdone in generosity. At the age I'm at, also I have to think about, I want to be able to do those things that retired people do. And she gives me the ability to do that. So I can do charity work uh, along with doing my own job. I can be generous to, you know, um, foundations and and things that need it because I have that, because I love what I do and it flows through me. And that's the way it is. You you can't hold so tight onto things because it won't flow if you do, you know?
0: (laughs) Oh, I love what you're sharing because these are pieces of things that I... I didn't learn from anywhere else. I mean, you know, like how did how do we learn these things through some experiences of our own and then God really saying like hardcore, it's time for you to recognize that I've asked you to be a river and not a reservoir. Like, yes, like... that's a great way of <laughs> right?
1: Yes.
0: So, and I love what you're pointing out about hiring someone and that being a part of the generosity because I fully believe in entrepreneurs and people that are willing to take the risks as also being able to be generous in hiring people. And like you said, this isn't a norm in your industry. You didn't look at your friends and go, oh, well, they have that. I want that too. (laughs) Right. But it was, it was being willing to say, you know what? I, I believe that this is what I'm called to do and that I can be working more in my zone of genius. If I bring someone on like that, you said, spends less time, maybe does it better, Maybe, maybe not. You know, sometimes we have to say if they can do it 80% as good as us, that's still worth it because then I can work more in my zone of genius. I want to talk a little bit more about when you got started in the industry and what it was like for you, meaning like about when you would have been thinking about hiring this person, what was market like? What were the customers like? What was business like at that time?
1: It well, I am very appreciative to the lady who hired me, and she had me only take care of, well, she had four states that she was responsible for, and she had 13 lines that we took care of. She just gave me the state of Wisconsin and say run with it. and. Oh, fun. Thank God she did because, you know, the sales part of it, I got that. It was then just getting out there and getting my feet wet. And it wasn't the same customers. I was always new people and then another new person and then more and more new people and saying, no, not today. You needed in the state of Wisconsin to prove yourself. And you had to show up five times before they maybe think about placing an order with you. This is straight commission. So I'm putting money out there for hotel rooms and for my computer Mm. and my, in the car and all the expenses that go forward with it. And um, then I, I remember sitting in a hotel room starting to make phone calls to everybody in Madison and (laughs) I was in tears because I was so frustrated because it wasn't coming like it, like I had hoped it would. And all of a sudden this lady said, come on in, I'd like to see you. So I I packed up my bag and I went up in there and saw her and she gave me one of my first orders in Madison. And she, she locked and loaded on me where I would, anything she wanted, whatever she needed, (laughs) (laughs) it was such a bad day and I will never ever forget that, you know, but it was that because I was planning on leaving and quitting and finding something else. Because there were people who wanted me back in the old industry, taking care of, you know, that they knew I knew that industry and I knew I knew it, but I knew I needed to make a change because Mm -hmm. it was so stressful. So that Thank you. That's what made. Thank you for
0: sharing that.
1: And I also had my accountant say, he said, Jane, I'm looking at your numbers. I'm seeing your growth. He worked with small industries. He was my husband's accountant in the construction industry, so I just hired him. And he said, I think you're ready to hire somebody. And he goes, I have just Mm -hmm. the right person for you. So it was trusting him, and then making that move, you know, to do that. And and it was, um, and realizing that you have to be willing to live on less, to step back and see what's most important to you. Uh, Do Mm -hmm. you need one more outfit? Do you need one more, do you need a new car? I think I've only had one new car that I ordered everything on it, all the bells and whistles thing. Otherwise, I have bought used cars from then on. I mean, little old grandma Buicks that were blue. (laughs) It's being willing to do that and humbling yourself. I think that your first impression that you give a customer is so important. And that you need to be clean and neat and dressed well. But you don't have to spend a lot of money to earn a good living. But I really do think that the first impression is huge. Be prepared. Have your numbers ready. Look like your, um, your Sunday best when you go out to work. In my industry, those days were hard. And I had, I had to create a whole new group of friends because I used to be part of a couple. So a lot of my designer people ended up becoming my friends. And I realized you can't be so narrow and be all work and no play. I know um, you have to, you have to have a balance. Um, So, and it slowly, slowly started to come. Every year it got better. And I have a spreadsheet that shows my first year, I think I made 23,000 and I spent 26,000 on, you know, cars and everything. Um, But it just got, every year it got better and better and better. So that's kind of how it started.
0: That's so awesome. Thank you for sharing the specifics because when you're thinking about navigating do i stay in this at 23,000 and i spent 26,000 and i could have a job where i was making significantly more not not carrying a yeah. loss <laughs> was there a calling where you really felt like god was asking you to stay where you are did you did you feel any of that even though there was the struggle
1: yes i there's another thing that both my husband and i believe cuz he's also in sales And I, and I've shared this with him and he began to realize it. Also, I start the day and say, Lord, put the right words in my mouth, put me where you need me to be. And I can tell you, Jamie, that there are many times that I walked at end of the day, I had no real sales, you know, but Mm -hmm. I had maybe lifted someone up and said, Oh, I know what that feels like. And this is how I maneuvered it. You know, it was conversations. These, my customers were my friends. You know, I really, they could call me and talk about anything. And many times they do call, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays. And they'll have a glass of wine in their hand on a Thursday night and say, okay, this is what's going on about business. You spend two seconds on business and then you hear everything else. I am more Mm. about remembering people's family situation or where was their last vacation. You ask me what their numbers are. I don't know. I need that spreadsheet thing because that's not important to me. It is important to me to lift them up I want them to be successful and if something I can do for them can make them more successful only because I've had so many people that have helped me that I wanted to be one of those Mm -hmm. people that is lifting up other people around me and when you have the right mindset it projects to your customer and they just feel that Mm -hmm. but it's basically saying Lord put the right words in my mouth today and it may have nothing to do with sales
0: You know, it's interesting when, when you talk about this, what comes to mind is how the industries are changing and how things are changing and how um, things are more electronic. And I don't know how that's impacted your industry, but it really speaks to the connection that we used to have in business with the different people that we worked with. And what you're saying is basically you were a mentor, you were a coach, you were an everything to these people, even though you were a sales rep of lines, and now if business owners are ordering things online, they don't have that same connection. They don't have those same mentors. What are you seeing in your industry?
1: I, I'm seeing that, but the thing is, the biggest thing that I see is that many times when they connect with me, people are shocked at how many market appointments that I can make. Literally,
0: I know you. <laughs> you got I that do. down. So
1: um, I have I. You know, I've already got my first high point market appointment and that's in April. So what I'm, what I'm actually saying to them, I want to get my, the key people that I know need my help set up so we can Mm -hmm. go through it. I don't waste their time. I basically, when they walk in the showroom, I go, how much time do you have? When do I need to have you done? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Are you hungry?
0: You, you asked all those questions and then you were like, okay. Which ones do you want to see first? What's more important? And then you took us right to those showrooms. It was so much fun.
1: Again, I'm honoring your time. Absolutely. You know, how can I how can I make the best use of your time? And I know your business and I know your store well enough to know that I'm not going to show you everything. I've got specific things that I think you might be interested in.
0: I'm laughing because even to the point of if it means watching the baby, right, Jane? <laughs> How many markets did I come to a baby with and you you came into my house and you're like, Do you need me to take him for a walk? I'll take him for a walk while you look through my product.
1: <laughs> I was yeah, like, it, Would you? Yeah. <laughs> because it is it was so apparent. Yeah. You know, and it's like This it's is right the distraction. And, but Jamie, Let's that is it. again the your ability to read a room. Yeah. And what I realized is that if you were distracted You wouldn't be able to get a job done. You were like, you're trying to service both of us, you know, so it's like, (laughs) how can I help? There's so much information that my customer needs to know. I really have to kind of watch out for them as they move along in the ordering process. I want to become invaluable to them, and I want them to enjoy their time with me.
0: When you think about the industry, where you're at, and what you see, What is it that you would love for people to know about the opportunities that are out there in your industry today?
1: Um, I I would say as as long as you love people, as long as you're fearless, as long as you can pivot and realize that change is something that's going to continuously happen and you just roll with it because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's going to be better and sometimes it's going to be worse, but you just have to roll with it. The level of people you share time with mm. is the, the level of knowledge you're going to learn. If you share time mm. with people that are good people, that are more knowledgeable than you are possibly, that are positive and upbeat, that's where you want to spend your time. You, you've you got to raise your level of where you spend your time and who you spend your time with. Because again, it is so valuable. Yeah. It's a limited commodity, you know?
0: Yeah. There's so much gold in everything that you've shared today. Is there anything that you feel has been left unsaid?
1: All all I can say is that, um, everything I've told you is based on, um, my level of happiness and contentment is based on my faith level. Um, I often tell people that I, there's many F's in my life and, Um, it's faith it's fun it's family it's this wonderful ability to create a content life and it's not it's nothing to do about making big money it is basically balance it's having a balance in your life and searching out that if you're going to be in a career if you're going to have a job find something that you absolutely love and it's no longer a job and I'm sure everybody's heard that a hundred times but It is truly, it's true. And I saw where staying in the same job and just working your way up the ladder is not, it's not everything. And you have to make changes. You've got to be fearlessly making changes in your job to get to where you really want to be. And then you'll know it. So, and you want, then you want everyone else to be the same place you are, you know, (laughs) because it is so much fun to be here. And I think that Jamie, um, you are there too. You know, you are in a place that you're much more content because I could just see it in your face.
0: I loved everything that I did for all those years. I loved all the different businesses. And this is the first time that I'm putting me in the front seat. Like I was trying to run businesses that weren't my idea. So I think of myself more as the implementer, even though I had a lot of space to, to run, I had a lot of ability to create it wasn't my original idea. I mean, I didn't start in furniture because it was my idea. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I wasn't a designer, but I enjoyed hiring designers and working with yeah. other people. And I learned, I learned a lot and I love the different industries. And of course I love the people, right? It doesn't matter what industry we're in. It, it becomes about the people, but you're right that this one is close to my heart and I'm getting to Do what is close to my heart. And I'm, it's a different feeling. Yes. It's, there are new waves, there are new invisible walls, there are new challenges. And it's really me that's limiting my capacity. I love your experience and even our history together and the industry that you're in. I feel like it's, you know, one of those things that when you haven't been in different industries, you don't know what's behind the scenes. I mean, when we used to work at Furniture Studio and people would say, Oh, I would love to work here. My answer was always, Do you know who unloaded the last truck? <laughs> 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 like, there's a behind the scenes to beautiful things. And yes. so, um, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom. Thanks for being here. I'm
1: very honored that you asked me to be on your show or your program. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jane.